This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. to three peeps in a podcast the bonus show a five-star performance at ashton gate as five former player guests and four fpa ambassadors watched on we have been hoping to win by two clear goals for so long this season that we got that last week and then we said we haven't really put a team to the sword for many years and the boys delivered with a 5-0 win against Hull in front of the final home game of the season. Matt, there was little roar from the Tigers, but you can only play what's in front of you, and the Robins were on song. How about that little ditty for you? Wow, yeah, very impressive. Um, yeah, um, they got... I know um, Nigel doesn't like to, to talk about it, but they got an, another monkey off the back in terms of... Um, back-to-back wins and a, a comprehensive victory and, and certainly the performance of the season, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, there's there's really little that you can <laughs> be in any way critical about from Saturday. It was a, a really good performance. Yeah, absolutely. Lee's three words were back-to-back. Back. Uh, so, yeah, back, back-to-back wins and it was back-to-back away wins last week. And, yeah, it's just uh, the, the form is, is turning up at the end of the season that it didn't last season, Matt. Yeah, um, hopefully we can then carry that through and, and um, you know, show that consistency next season, which we, we haven't done at all this season. But yeah, we've we've hit our best run of form um, in the last few games. Be great if we can get a, follow that with a, a, a win or a, a really good performance away at Huddersfield. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they're still in mathematically with a chance of top two, although I think... Just it, about, a, I think. Something like a 16-goal swing. Yeah, so yeah. That's exactly. kind of out of the equation. But I guess, you know, you want to finish... Third, don't you? So you get the, the yeah. home leg second. So that, they'll still be having something to play for. Um, our guest is Gregor McGregor. Gregor, how are you? Yes, not too bad. Thanks for having me on, Japs. Not too bad. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for joining us, us at uh, literally a very short notice. Matt's just returned from uh, a holiday with Michael Bublé in Las Vegas. Not quite with him. Did <laughs> get to see him twice. You saw so, him more yeah. than most people. Well, I saw him twice, but um, yeah, it was uh, a cra- crazy, crazy place. Crazy yeah. place. But, oh, yeah. no, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's just... Uh, trying to get this in before five aside on a on a Monday night so thanks to both for, for stepping in um just a quick word before we get into the game um the former players association came up trumps again with uh, five former players and as I said at the start there were there were four former player ambassadors as well which we'll talk more about on on a different podcast but the the guests uh, that came along had a combined 945 appearances 122 goals including many memorable games stretching across the decade uh, four of the five were in the famous 1-0 FA Cup victory away at Anfield in January 1994 so it was junior bent Wayne Allison, Nicky Morgan, Rob Edwards, and Mark Shale. And it, they created quite a stir, Matt, in the hospitality, particularly in the Heineken. Um, it was Selfie City. Yeah, I mean, that's a sort of a squad of players that, that I really grew up watching as well in my sort of, that would have been what, in the 20s, I guess. Um, and, and great, great players who spent an awful lot of time at the club. Um, great personalities, um, you know the likes of of Wayne and Junior in particular, 
Um, and then you've got the sort of stalwarts that you had with Mike Shell, Rob Edwards and, and Nicky Morgan, a player who was probably massively underrated from a, a City point of view, really. Yeah, 29 goals in 89 appearances. Yeah, yeah. Um, good, good, good player and scored some cracking goals as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, that didn't surprise me. I was gutted to actually have missed out on it, um, albeit being in Vegas, but um, I was not, not in the least bit surprised at just how popular they were. Yeah, that was fantastic. Long may continue. Right, on to yeah. the team. Uh, I think there was one change with De Silva coming back in for Iman Benarus, Gregor. No massive surprise there. No, and I think before the game, Nigel confirmed that Jay De Silva was fully fit and everything. And he also said, I've sort of been writing about this today, but he also said in the club uh, official uh, interview before the game that Jay's going to be at Bristol City next season, which but, um, he's obviously won the manager round. As, as explained by Nigel. And um, yeah, it, it's good that I, I think the manager comes out and, and, and says this now because it stops any speculation across the summer, which is good. Um, and it, it's probably good for Jay De Silva as well. And, and he probably deserves this in a way because I think he has been very good recently. Obviously got that winning goal at, at Stoke recently, probably to, to crown his good performances of late. And, and maybe it's no coincidence that Bristol City have what, lost just one game in the last seven games. And, and we've seen some good form in that time from, from Jay De Silva as well. So, uh, yeah, good, good little story all round. Yeah, and it's a much settled side as well now in that, in that period with um, Cundy closer and Atkinson as the three. Obviously, Vyman, Semenu and Martin up top. It's mainly the others that have been sort of up for grabs, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say that to you guys. And what did you think of the, the middle two at the weekend? Because I know Nigel Pearson really picked those guys out after the yeah. game. Combination of, of James. Who, I'm not too sure we've seen quite enough from James. I, I Don't get me wrong. I really like Matt James. I think he was a good sign-in. I think there's more to come from him. I think we can see him play a little bit better. Um, so yeah. I was particularly, I, I thought it was good to see him combining really nicely with Joe Williams, who we know can be a good player, but has obviously had those problems with injuries. So that, so that was a big positive from this weekend. But yeah, you, you're absolutely right. The, the front three, three absolutely picks itself, and especially with all those goals and assists, etc. They were ran riot, didn't they? The, yeah. weekend and, we'll come on to some really impressive yeah. statistics on those guys uh, towards it's, the end. But Matt, your thoughts on Pat, James just, and Williams? Yeah, well, just on Jay first of all. Um, I think, am I right, Gregor? His contract's up at the end of next season, yep, so, yeah, you'd, you'd so like, yeah. you'd like to think that again, he's a player that they'll be looking at. I guess financial fair play will come into that because he, he must be one of the the bigger wage earners. But I agree. Um, but strangely, teams don't seem to target him so much now as they were in the earlier in the season. I don't know if that's a because of a change in our sort of setup. Um, but defensively, you know, he, he looks really solid. Um, and then on the two in the middle, I, I wrote about it in, in my column that um, I thought it was the best performance we'd seen from them as a pair um, at, at any stage for, for City. And like you, Gregor, I, I, I like Matty James, but I don't think we've seen anywhere near enough. Um, and I go as far to say that that's an area I would be absolutely looking to strengthen. It would be his position, would be the one that, you know, I, I'd be more concerned with. But he's a name that I'm sure Nigel Pearson has him down first or second on his sheet every time. So, you know, that 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 has to count for something, doesn't it? If he's got a player he can trust. Yeah, I think Matty James, for me, has really benefited from that run of games. He yeah. took a while to get back into it after his injury. Um, and, you know, we'll come on to the game in a second. But, yeah. you know, there was a couple of really important key contributions from Play him. And played through injury as well, didn't he, for a lot of this season as well? Um, you know, we didn't know how much of that foot injury that he had. He was still playing 
Um, he may even still be feeling the effects of that now. You know, that might be something that he needs the summer in a, you know, a full preseason again, isn't it? Yeah, I just was reading your article, Gregor, just before we started recording. Um, there was mention of of Cundy and Closer in terms of deals and things like that. What's the what's the latest? Yeah, basically after the the game, Nigel Pearson was asked about yeah the, the makeup of that defence and what he thought of Tim Closer, and he basically. Well, he's, he's confirmed that he wants to keep closer. He, did, he said he didn't know where negotiations were. So it's obvious, obvious that contract talks are happening. Um, hopefully they're going to find an agreement. But he also confirmed as well that he wants to keep keep Robbie Cundy as well. He did explain that it's obviously a very different situation um, with closer, who I thought was excellent, by the way, on, Super. on Saturday. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, Cundy's less experienced, obviously, at this level, but... I think he's shown a, f- a few signs there that, that he can do well. And certainly when you consider what I think City have had a couple of clean sheets now in the last four games, I think they've only conceded, I was looking at it, 11 goals in the last nine or something. It's it Basically, it's, it's a massive improvement from yeah. where the, what they were doing earlier in the season. Hopefully, that's a, that's going to be a long-term trend. Um, um, but, but yeah, the other thing is, obviously, that... With players like Kundi, you, you need a squad. It can't just be, especially a centre-back, you, it can't be just about three players because we know there'll be injuries along the way. Look at, obviously, what's happened with Baker and Callis, et cetera. So you need, you're going to need five or six, I think, centre-half. So I think there is a role for someone one, someone like Kundi. And, yeah, yeah, basically it was explained that those two guys, they wanted um, beyond this season and, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully they can get the contracts agreed. What I noticed yesterday more than more than previous games is how far spread out that three was across the pitch in, in an offensive position, in an offensive, uh, you know, in an attacking position. Uh, they've been a lot more compact in, in more recent games, but yesterday they were spread right across the pitch. I don't know if you noticed that, Matt. Um, I didn't, uh, uh, to be fair, more probably more so because watching it on my iPad, I didn't get the, the view of it in that way. But um, I mean, certainly Closer brought the ball out a couple of times. Um, and I, I agree with Gregor, um, you know, I think but on both counts, Cundy um, probably isn't on massive wages either um, because of where, A, where we signed him from and, you know, that was a, a fairly, um, you know, we'll, we'll give him a deal and see how he gets on. So I think that's a no-brainer. The closer one's interesting because he, he must be attracting attention from, from within Europe because of his performances. Um, and is that something that then might appeal to him? Um you know, who knows what sort of deal we'd be offering him. But um, he's not actually, you know, I'm trying to think whether he's missed any games at all since he, he sort of came on. And I can't think of any if he has. No, I don't think so. Um, and he, he's, he's got that presence about him. Is it any coincidence that Rob Atkinson's probably playing back to the level that we were seeing at the start of the season as well alongside him? And ironically, Callas for me is still probably our best defender, but probably wouldn't get in this side at the moment, which is, you know, a bit of a strange thing to say, isn't it? It's a great quandary to have. Uh, just looking at the stats, Tim Closer is actually 34 next Monday. Is he? Yeah. So, you know, he's he's in the, the twilight, if, if that's a word, of his yeah. career. Uh, but yeah, definitely would but would love to keep him for next season. You look at the likes of Jagielka, um, Curtis Davis. I think Curtis Davis is 39, if memory serves me. Really? So there's no no reason why, you know, and, and he seems to be a, a, a fit fit guy. Yeah. There was some, some concerns over his injury when he came to us, wasn't there? Because I think mm, that's right. he was out a lot of time at Norwich, but he's not, not shown that at all. 
Okay, let's get into the minutes then. Let's revel in this in these minutes. <laughs> uh, right, third keep, third keeper, <laughs> third minute. The whole keeper gave us a bit of a sign of what's the what's to come. All at sea, coming to punch on the edge of the box. Nice diagonal ball from Matty James and a Martin header on the edge of the box is cleared off the line. And it was almost like slow motion that clearance, Gregor, from the from the whole defender. Yeah, he didn't have the greatest afternoon all afternoon. I don't, I don't think old uh, Baxter. But yeah, I just w- wonder sometimes if the, the way sort of matches pan out. So sort of when you get like a something like that in the first few minutes, which maybe it gives you that little bit, bit of boost in confidence, and mm. maybe the players think straight away, "Hold on, this might be our day," you know, and uh, certainly panned out that way anyway. Yeah, sixth minute. It was a temping bowling style rollout from Dan Bentley. Finds Andy Vyman. He manages to play what became a one-two with Semenyo. It was great vision from all three. And Andy Vyman confidently lifts the ball over the keeper, who once again was on his 18-yard box, into the net for number 21 of the season, Matt. A great start. Yeah, good move. Um, I thought the keeper was at fault again. Um, I thought Vyman kind of toe-poked it um, yeah, he did. And, yeah, and it and it just went through the keeper. Um, he should should be saving that all day long, really. But um, you know, that's that's being overcritical, really. It was a, a really good move, as you said, a good one too, and showed for me strangely again to say it, but the maturity of Antoine Semenyo in the last couple of weeks, it seems as though he's kind of realising as well that you know there are times to play the pass in, um, and it's easy when you've got someone like Andy Vyman, you almost know. He's going to be running, so I can just play that ball into space. Um, and eight times out of ten, he's going to get onto it. And he did. In yeah, it was a you know it was a good finish from him. But yeah, the keeper I thought was was culpable for that one. Yeah, that combination we've played, we've seen uh, Gregor from between Vyman and Semenyo in particular. You know, Vyman literally was just pointing exactly where he wanted it, and Semenyo's pass was was really really good. Yeah, spot on, spot on, and. Uh... Obviously, we've already mentioned it, but all three of the front guys had a really great afternoon, certainly added to their tallies. And yeah, I, I, I'm i a little bit surprised by these assists we keep seeing from, from Semenya. I think he's got 12 yeah. now. And um, I, I mean, for that for that third goal, I know we're going to come on to it, but that third goal, I, I, it's not really like a ball given to him from Joe Williams that no. you'd expect a whole lot from, but Semenya just makes something from it. And um, yeah, I, I think he's just really blossoming. And uh, yeah, hopefully we're going to see a lot more of this. Hopefully we'll see him with us next season. Mm. Um, right, 27th minute, James wins the ball back 25 yards out, finds Semenya who cuts inside, but the keeper saves. Matt, this was um, great bat- battling from Matty James in the middle. And we'd love to see Semenya with the ball in the box jinking inside and taking a shot but uh on this occasion the keeper was equal to it yeah the, the truth is with Antoine you, you don't quite know what you're going to get he's either going to fizz one that the keeper has absolutely no chance or he has one a bit like this one where he probably didn't connect with it I mean it wasn't a bad connection but didn't connect with it as well as sweetly as he, he, he has been doing um but again great moving and as you say Matt, Matty James was instrumental in it and was really for me um, showing that kind of leadership that Pearson expects in the middle of the pitch from him. And he was, you know, he was breaking play up. What I really liked was the, the little triangles that him and Joe Williams were, were making. And they had both Scott and the Silva either side that they, they were getting the ball. And and it, it was really, really enjoyable football to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, again, just makes you think 
Pearson's obviously has got a plan and if we can all start to then or the players can start to play how he wants them to play and do the things he wants them to do then maybe this is a, a, a sign of the future or hopefully but yeah great great movement and a, a, a good shot from Semenyo got it on target which you know is what you want isn't it 29th minute Gregor we saw a bit of fight from Hull there was an athletic save drawn from Dan Bentley as Potter Potter's header comes back across the goal uh, so they were still still in the game yeah, I, I thought that Potter was maybe one of their stat, few standout men on the day. I remember him cutting down the, the the left, I think, in the second half. And I think he put Robbie Cundy on his backside and he pulled it back. Good. And that was probably um, Hull's best chance on the day. Yeah, you're right. They weren't out of it at this point. I think just, was it just before that as well that we saw Eamon Benaroos run down the, the flank? There was a really sublime piece of skill where he beat about two people in um, right by the touchline and then and managed to run down the, the wing and, and he got a throw in, I think, in the end. That was that was second half, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, was it second half? Sorry, yeah, I thought it was yeah. just before that. But um, yeah, but yeah um, a bit of quality play there from Eamon. But yeah, you're right. Um, hold not out of it at that stage, but um, but City well on top. Yeah, yeah. 32nd minute, another searching ball from James is met by Cundy's head. It was into Martin, and he somehow hooks his right foot and gets a shot just off target, Matt. It was one of those ones where it was a nice pirouette and shot. And, and actually, was was really good play to be playing it back from where the keeper would have been coming from. Um, he was just a little bit unfortunate that... Um, this time his connection was probably too good um, and went, went wide of it. But another player that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that front three, but I thought Chris Martin's work again um, on Saturday was just fantastic. Um, and that, yeah, that there, it was all coming together, wasn't it? And yeah. Hull, it, it was a strange one because Tom Eaves is a player, I think Rovers may have even had him on lane for a while from memory, um, but he's a player that's been talked about with us at times. Um, you know, he does score a fair few goals at this level, but it was chalk and cheese between his kind of performance and that of Chris Martin's. Um, so no, good, good, good effort, like you said. Yeah, thirty third minute. Uh, it was a, it was another ball straight through the middle. First one was from Bentley. This one was from closer to Vyman, who's in acres of space. He spots the run of Semenyo, who shoots across the goalkeeper into the net. It was a carbon copy for me of his goal at Derby, except with the other foot and to score a goal one week and then a goal the next week. Similar, different feet, Gregor. We've, we've run out of words to say about Antoine Semenyo in the last few weeks, but what another great strike. Yeah, I definitely think his finishing has improved this season. Um, if you think about the goals he scored last season, there, there was a couple of these... Um, couple of these sort of goals, but there was a couple of the way he just sort of ran the ball into the net just from closing it down. And Yeah, yeah it was, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we've seen some explosive finishes this season. My mind always goes back to the Fulham um, away game and the way he sort of um, yeah blasted past Tim Ream. I think it was in that game. And yeah, yeah, you're right. There's a bit of consistency um, maybe developing at the moment. And with the assists, yeah, he's got that all-round game. If he could just finish a few more chances. And I have to say, actually, this is something that Nigel Pearson picked up in the pre-match press conference. He, he sort of um, said about Semenya that maybe some people are saying, well, his finishing isn't all that. Well, it's getting better and better. And he knows about it. And it's something that he's working on. And if he can add, yeah, just a few more goals, then he's going to be one hell of a player. Sorry, Patrick. It's the old adage, though, isn't it? You've you've got to be in those positions, and I think that's what Pearson referenced. That he's getting into those, and and 
I think Nigel Pearson said himself, he's, he's got no concerns with Antoine's finishing. Um, and for me, this is Antoine's first season as a championship striker playing down the middle. Um, you know, he was constantly being played on the wing, yeah. um, subbed, and I, I could never understand it. And Patch, we could go back and listen to past recordings where I said, didn't I, bit? Mm-hmm. For me, down the middle is where we we're going to get the best out of him. Um, and we're looking at a, a 20 million plus player at the moment. And we, I we said amazed. on the podcast, Matt, a few months back, how many strikers are there out there that are as good with both feet? And we, we, we couldn't think well, we of any. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't think of any. Obviously, I mean, Harry maybe Kane. Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Salah. You know, you, you talk, but you're talking the elite. I mean, I'm not even sure Mitrovic has got that kind of power. A diff, absolute different type of striker. Solanke, you know, is, is obviously very good. I just think, um, I think someone put it in our chat, didn't they, yesterday, that you look at a club like West Ham with Antonio, who struggles for fitness, um, has been played, you know, probably flogged to death, really, from, from their point of view. You could see Antoine going into a side like West Ham and, and really adding it. I hope we're talking about this in two or three seasons and not next season, because I do think even now it's too early for him to be jumping that level. Can I, um, can you know, I, you want to see it again. Can I just add as, as well, I don't know if he was inspired, but Chris Hewton was at Ashton Gate on Saturday as well. He's of course, the yeah. technical director of the uh, Ghana FA. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, obviously, um, he, uh, Antoine was due to um, link up with Ghana, wasn't he, for the World Cup qualifiers? I believe he's going to be in the squad for um, the, the the one the games at next month. Uh, he's got some yeah. AFCON uh, qualifiers coming up, so uh, maybe he was inspired by Chris um, watching on. But but that would be unfair actually because he's he's done he's done it um, quite a few weeks now, yeah. as, as you guys have said there. And uh, yeah, he's just blossoming so nicely. And yeah, I, I agree with you completely there, Matt. Hopefully. The club is is going to resist all offers this this summer because they, they undoubtedly will be interested in him because he's, yeah, he's that good. I mean, we've we've said it and we've we've talked because we've talked about the three and actually I think you've got to add the four in terms of Vyman with what he's done. Um, but Semenya is absolutely one I think we've we've got to do everything we can to hold on to because I think he is just going to get better. Um, you know, again with a a pre season under him and any niggles that he's had out of the way. I was thinking of the strikers we've had, and I go sort of Codger, Tam, Tammy Abraham, um, I'm just missing it, Famara. For me, Antoine is, is different to all of them. He's got something in terms of his explosive shots and his, his pace and power, which I don't think any of them had, the, all of that combination. He really mm. is becoming an all-round centre-forward. And even on the weekend, he was actually winning his fair few flick-ons as well. So he's even getting that into his game. So, yeah, I, I you know, for, for me, I, I could talk about Antoine all day long. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about him again now. 35th minute yeah. is De Silva to Williams. He hooks the ball into the path of Semenya, who's still got plenty to do. Gets past a defender with relative ease, to be fair. Drills it hard and low across to Chris Martin, who hits home with a fair bit of power for 3-0. And we're 3-0 up, Matt in the first half of a football match at Ashton Gate. And I, we were trying to remember when the last time that was. And for me, it was, you know, Sean Goater's era. I mean, I don't know. I can't remember what the Huddersfield game was from a few years back when we we, we beat them, what was it, 5-2 or whatever. And yeah, I mean, it was a, a game. And it sounds a bit, oh, I was in Vegas watching it. But I, I was literally led in bed watching it on my iPad. Um, Jill, my other half, was asleep and she'd sort of wake up and go, well, they scored a game. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it, you know. So it was it was just one of those moments and, and could have and should have probably been another couple of goals. It was just the way they were playing. 
but not just the goals because we've we've had performances where we we've scored this season in you know some of the other stats that, that I've seen where uh, is it with the third or fourth highest scorers in the league and and you you don't think we've had that sort of season really but but actually we have from an attacking force but this time around as well it, we were starting to see some really really good play both from the flanks not traditional wing play as such but just the way that Alex Scott was getting the ball in Jada Silva was the way that Matty James and Joe Williams were, were making the openings and then you've got the running of, the, of those three up front or mm. you know, Chris Martin less so from the explosive running but he's just an intelligent footballer isn't he so just yeah. just really enjoyable to watch it must have been brilliant to have been there up, <laughs> up and down well. like a western donkey I can imagine yeah. <laughs> um, and just thinking back as well I think we went 3-0 up potentially I don't know if that was all first half against West Brom in one game fairly yeah, recently and possibly Andy, Sundland didn't Andy we go against Vineland. Sundland when we were 3-0 up when Lee Johnson was in charge 3-0 yeah. up at half time and then they drew 3-3 I think maybe maybe um, but uh, Gregor, in terms of uh, 3-0 up in the first half, in your time watching Bristol City? Yeah, I, I was, yeah, it's not happened too much, but I was wondering about that Sunderland game as well. Obviously, it was, I was looking back through when they last won 5-0, and um, I think the last time was Plymouth in the EFL oh, yeah. Cup in 2017. Mm-hmm. I know Jeff was mentioning about when they won 6-0, I think the season before. Um, I can't remember who that was against. Bolton. Yeah, yeah, and obviously their biggest win since then. So uh, you've got to savour these times, haven't you? They don't, yeah. they don't come around so often, <laughs> especially Absolutely. after the last couple of seasons. Yeah, uh, Tom, a uh, friend, friend of mine, Tom Bayliss, I think he took his son to his first game, and uh, he's going to expect that every game, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, halftime summary from Rob: State of shock. So this is what it looks like when it all goes right. To put things into perspective, they look very fragile at the back, and our front three are dominating with confidence. Their keeper is all over the place and the defence in front look there for the taking, which we have fully exploited clinically. In the meantime, largely James and Williams have looked more assured in the middle. No standouts in defence, but generally looks more calm. Saying that, I'd be keen on signing Tom Eaves. Looks a very polished number nine. Two wins on the spin. Finally, surely we can F this up. (laughs) You never know. You never know. 54th minute, press from Atkinson, press from Vyman, forces the ball backwards, and then the press from Martin wins him the ball, and he's away. One-on-one with the keeper, and he slots it home coolly, Matt. One-on-one from Chris Martin, gets away from the defender and scores. Yeah, and I, I, I've, I've listened to another couple of pods um, over the weekend, and there was a, a kind of a couple of comments around, you know, there were a couple of old pensioners could have come out of the stands and raced against the two of them in um, so. and, and I, I thought that was really harsh I thought Chris Martin did exactly the right thing showed a really clean pair of heels let's let's be fair Hull City is attacking at that stage to have pushed everybody on and for Chris Martin to get to the penalty area with no other defender being able to make a challenge on him um, you know you you have to question their tactics from that point of view but what he, what he did really well is he let Baxter um who, again, I'm sure I've read somewhere that he feels he's ready to go back to Chelsea and challenge for a position. Jesus, I mean, Chelsea <laughs> Chelsea have got problems if that's the case. And I don't mean to slight the kid, but he, he wasn't very good on the day. But Chris Martin just let him move and then played the ball. And, I mean, the goal goes in the centre of the goal. Yeah. Um, and he's not had to do anything massively clever with it. He's not had to lob him or... Um, so it was a really good finish. And just reward for, for Chris Martin, who, what's that, his 12th goal, I think? Maybe something like that, isn't it? Which again, it is for the sort of, for the season that we've had, um, 
you do wonder if we got more balls into the box to him, um, and if you can get Matty James and Joe Williams firing like they were on Saturday as well and playing them through, just how many he may have ended up with as well. So, um, great, great finish for me, and I was really glad to see it because I, I really like Chris Martin. Yeah, so we had a couple of substitutions then. So the first one was Benarus coming on for Alex Scott, and I think that was just just to give Alex Scott a bit of a breather and to give Alec, uh, better Roos another half an hour game time. So a straight swap there. Neither of them are right wing backs, but um, both have been played in, in those kind of roles. Um, and then Semenyo comes off for Naki Wells. Uh, again, just to give him a run out. No, no injuries, just a swapping of players at 4-0 up. And, and, and at this point, Tommy Conway stripped off about to come on for Andy Vyman to give Andy Vyman that round of applause and the round of applause goes up one more notch on the old uh, on the old stereo when when this goal happens. And I'm going to watch it again now on my phone just 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 to make sure it happened. So it's the long ball forward from Bentley, a nice little flick from Naki Wells out to Vyman, a lovely step over from Chris Martin. Williams on the edge passes it across to Benarus. He cuts inside, shoots, gets cleared. And now we've got a lovely header coming in from close. Great header. Falls to Naki Wells. Naki Wells to Chris Martin. Chris Martin to Andy Vyman. And it's chipped Cantona-esque into the far corner. <laughs> and the, the, the angle that it's caught on, on the two angles on the highlights, don't do it justice no. for me. Um, and it doesn't hit the crossbar and bounce down, Matt, like a Cantona. But it was just nonchalant it, really it was amazing I mean, it, it's funny because it, that was exactly the, the the line i was going to use in terms of Cantona. it would have been brilliant when it if i had sort of turned round like Cantona with the Flipped his collar up if, i don't even know if we've got collars on there we show, haven't but, yeah but sort of turned round and took the applause like Cantona did but it was he's just not that sort of bloke no he? he's not he's not of course <laughs> he's not it was just a quality finish but almost a finish where you, you kind of had to look at it again to think was he crossing that? Like, how's, like, not. I mean, he's obviously got that ability, but again, you don't, you don't really see Andy Vyman do that, do you? No, it's one it of those was things. Just he, brilliant. He just brilliant. thought, right? I can see I'm going to come off. I'm on twenty, uh, twenty-one goals already. You yeah. know, I'll try it. That confidence get, was absolutely brimming. It's kind of is that his best goal of the season now? Does that take the Cardiff oh, I one? Don't know. And, I think the Cardiff but that's what one. I mean. It's, it's a better still. goal than the Cardiff one isn't it from although both techniques i mean it's a volley at cardiff yeah. but it was just a brilliant goal and and um as you say great the um you know tommy's stripped to come on and but andy's has got that in his locker to to be able yeah. to leave the field on it we'll talk about him leaving the field uh, in a second but uh gregor your thoughts on that goal i was just thinking he could have a almost like his own champagne moment um, competition from <laughs> from his goals this season, couldn't he? He's just the Andy Boyman champagne um, moment. <laughs> yeah, it's just come a, a little bit late for that. But um, yeah, I was just trying to think of when the last time we saw a, like a, a chipped or lobbed goal was. Uh, obviously, De Silva's was was a fluke, wasn't it? At Stoke the other week, yeah. so uh, yeah. not including that. But maybe Lee Lee Tomlin era. I don't know. Was there anything under 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 him? I can't think of anything specifically. But yeah. but yeah, absolutely, just gem of a goal, wasn't it? Really crowning his season what 22nd goal of the season and he's he's just getting better and better from him don't don't really want the season to end in a way for with the football yeah. he's playing but the, the interesting thing as well is I, I saw a couple of tweets um following the game one from a Leeds United fan um who was saying 
um, getting resigned to the fact we're going to be in the Championship next season. We need to go out and sign Andy Vyman. Now, there won't have been too many Bristol City fans, probably even at Christmas, that would have had any inkling of Andy Vyman being talked about with any other club, um, you know, unless it was kind of a, a step backwards almost. But when you score 22 goals in the Championship... Um, and you put in the performances like he does, you know, what is it, again, 10 assists now. Um, it's just incredible, isn't it? The, the the sort of stats that he's given. So again, he's another player where there is bang to be interesting. Bang yeah. to be. So there is that magic moment, um, literally just after that, where, where Conway comes on for Vyman and the, the round of applause for Vyman coming off is was almost like a goal sort of celebration. It was electric and what a moment and you see him come off and get congratulated by everyone so massive congratulations uh to andy vyman a couple of stats then so vyman 22 goals 10 assists martin 12 goals six assists semenyo eight goals 12 assists that's 42 goals 28 assists between the three of them and you've got naki wells on the bench yeah, he's contributed as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, you feel a bit sorry for Naki because I think some of his performances of, of late, especially with when Anton was out, he was putting a shift in, wasn't he? You know, he's certainly not a player that um, is is sulking or not want to put it in. But those stats are crazy, absolutely crazy. Just to um, put it into perspective as well. So Liverpool's Mo Salah, um, MK Don, Scott Twine, and Andy Vyman are the only players to score 20 plus goals and supply 10 plus assists across the 92, Gregor. Yeah, yeah just to add into what Math was saying before, there's, there's only three teams in the Championship who have scored more goals than Bristol City this season. And yeah, two of them are Fulham and Bournemouth. And they could, they're, well, they're probably going to be promoted. And, and the other team, I can't remember offhand, I think is Forest, maybe. Uh, is somebody in the playoffs, they could go up as well. So it could be that City have got on paper one of one of the best attacks in the division next year. And yeah, you're right, 42 goals, incredible. Just on Chris Martin, I, I saw that it was his um, best goals haul since 2015-16. And when you consider that he's one of the record championship goal scorers mm. over the long term, that, that just goes to show how, how good his season has been. And yeah, I, I, I think beyond the goals, that number of assists is just phenomenal. What, 28 yeah. or whatever? Just um, yeah, yeah, incredible, incredible and, numbers all around, and the chances that we've missed as well. You know, we've we expect, yeah, talk, talk about Antoine's finishing, but Antoine's had a good number of shots as well in opportunities where he probably should have squared it and didn't. Um, but I'll, I'll go back to what I said earlier on it hasn't felt like an attacking season, <laughs> it's felt pretty dour at times, hasn't it? And felt like, you know, well, I can't see where the next goal is going to come from. or and that just isn't the case. So sometimes you get a little bit lost, I guess, in the games. When you look at those stats, that's incredible. Yeah. I thought I saw another one, and I'm, I'm starting to sound a bit like Stato, aren't I? But Stato. another one on the weekend as well, where we were um, joint seventh or something in all of the Europe, like the, the top leagues within Europe for scoring in both halves. I'm oh, sure right. some, some sort of strange stat like that. So, yeah, it's, it, it's obviously, you know, we, we are playing that attacking brand of football, aren't we? With no wingers. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I've got to give a shout out to the Hull fans who, apart from the five goals and chances, kept kept us entertained for pretty much the majority of the game, Gregor, didn't they? Over in the uh, in the Atio stand with their fancy dress and the conga. Yeah, I was going to say conga of the conga of the season. Surely that one um, <laughs> led by Luigi or whoever it was um, over there. But um, yeah, and yeah, they were good. They were good, weren't they? And um, I, I thought it was a terrific day all round, atmosphere and everything. Ashton Gate, just just top top day. 
Yeah, and I've been asked to um, give a shout out to Colin Sutton, one of the contributors on the podcast. He said, can we dress up for Huddersfield, please? I know he's going to dress up as something quite ridiculous, uh, but that's nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, not for such. And I'm not going to spoil it for uh, the supporters that are going to be there because I know what he is dressing up as. Um, and it will it will be a treat. There's no two ways about that. So yeah, oh my God. But they're, I mean, they're all it's, that's traditional. In the last away game of the season, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah plenty of people dressing up in fancy yeah. dress. So uh, fair play to yeah. everyone making the trip up to Huddersfield. Right, Matt. This is going to be interesting. Let's have mm. a, a chat about the ratings. Yes. Okay. Um, so I went um, Dan Bentley eight. Um, although you know five nil. Uh, makes it seem like a, a completely dominant display, but Hull did have a number of chances, and lots of them were from out, outside the box, especially in the second half. You know, Greg Greg had talked about Lewis, um, is it Lewis Potter or King Harry, Lewis King I think. Potter or something like that, isn't it? Um, who you know, he, he was a, a is a very very good player, scored a lot of goals this season, but was shooting from distance. But but Bent's dealt with everything as well as making a couple of really good saves. Key so, contribution to the first yeah, goal. Yeah, exactly that. So that's why I kind of went eight rather than seven, really, because um, it must be difficult when you are winning a game like we were winning it to keep your concentration levels as well. So, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Um, the back three, I went Robbie Cundy, seven, uh, Rob Atkinson, seven, and Close, I went nine. Um, I just thought Tim Close was outstanding on Saturday. Um, a, a performance that... There was a there was a moment, and I don't know whether you, you probably won't have captured it um, because of watching it on Robin's TV. But the game was still going on, and he was having a, a bit of a, a laugh and a joke with Dan Bentley, and you can see the sort of popularity that he must have as a, a player as well. We saw it patch when he came off the pitch at Stoke, didn't we? And he, the referee was being booed, and he, he sort of made a signal to the crowd as if to say, "What? What me? What have I done?" <laughs> um, I just think he is a, a, a top top pro. But he's in the side as a defender, and as you know, like I said, it's, it's no coincidence to me that we're keeping clean sheets and Rob Atkinson's back to the former years, and Robbie Cundy's doing what he's doing. So it might even seem slightly harsh with, with Robbie Cundy and Tim Clo- uh, sorry, and Rob Atkinson only sevens, but I don't think Hull really threatened enough from that point of view. Like I said, there was a lot of shots from distance, which you know you, you allow that, don't you, sometimes from from your defender. So yeah, do you want to defer to Gregor on those two sevens? Yeah, absolutely. No, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I thought Closer was excellent. And we've said it before. I think he's probably had an effect on those guys. And, and yeah, I, I just didn't think Hull were yeah that, that good on the day. It's always that tough one, isn't it? Yeah. How good was City or how bad were Hull? Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I think their manager, didn't he describe it as being like kids playing or something um, afterwards? It was humiliating, which, yeah, 5-0, isn't it? But... Um, then the, the two wing backs. So I went for, for both Jay and Alex um, Scott seven. Alex, I was a little bit. I mean, I think he, he came off fairly 60. early, yeah. Um, and it was the one that I I kind of went six to start with because I thought, you know, d- did he really do enough? Again, he got a a, a booking that he needs to be careful on. Um, he's picked mm. up a few bookings this season and it, and it was a late one. I mean, I think Robbins TV certainly questioned it and thought it was a bit harsh, but he did definitely catch him. And I think you can always tell what a player as well when he doesn't really make any complaint. Um, so Alex was the only one where I was a little bit, have I gone a bit too 5-0 happy? Um, should that really be a six? But I went I went two sevens for Jay and for Alex. Yeah, that's good with me. 
The two central mid, you know, we've already already talked about. I thought it was as a pairing their best game of the season. Um, both of them got some really important toes in. Um, and another thing that I noticed in the game, really easy from from a replay point of view when you're watching it on Robin's TV, is um, the the amount of times that if we lost the ball, one of them was stepping in to win it back or providing the cover so that Jay or Alex Scott could go in and win it back. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was just a really good performance from both of those. So it was two eights for me for those two. And I think on Matty James as well, he really enjoyed having that extra extra little bit of space as well. You could see yeah. that he, he likes to put his foot on it, roll it yeah. forward and then deliver yeah. the cross. So and, uh, yeah, one of his best games. It's important to say with Joe Williams as well, that you know there has to be in the back of Joe Williams' mind, am I going to be able to get through this? Now, the more games he plays now, and now when he gets a pre-season under his belt, hopefully next season we really do see a Joe Williams who can play pretty, you know, we see a season of him where he plays every game. Um, I did notice that Tom, friend of the show, Northern Tom, had a bet on Joe to get a, a booking, didn't he? I think he had an accumulator where he had two other options on evens? it. Well, he had an accumulator and there was two other things. I don't know whether it was, you know, a goal scorer or whatever, but he needed Joe Williams to get a booking in the game to, to pick out the accumulator. And uh, Joe Williams didn't do that, um, which was unusual, wasn't it? But mm. yeah, I thought, like I said, two eights. And then the front three, um, and I don't think I've ever done this or we've ever done this. And uh, again, I'll happily be talked down. But I went three nines because I just thought... Right. I thought you were going to say 10 for a split well, second. There was an element where <laughs> I did consider it for Andy Vyman, but I think that was probably going to be a bit too sentimental. If it was but... a hat trick. Yeah, exactly. Think, yeah. But, but I just felt... The way that they combined together, the goals that the three of them scored, the style of goals, um, you know, and Andy Vyman, we've, we've talked about, he's been fantastic this season. And the goal Saturday, or both the goals, but certainly the second one, Chrissy Martin, brilliant. And then Semenya, as I've said. So, yeah, I, I went three nines. And when I when I did it, I thought, well, oh, I've done that before. And that perhaps you've gone a bit too happy. And then I, I looked back and thought, do you know what? No. They ran the I, show. I just they? thought they did. Yeah, they absolutely set the tone. Their work rate, you know, they kept going and going and going. And the thing for me, again, which I was delighted at, was when Chrissy Martin scored his first, he went off to celebrate and then immediately clicked in to think, now Antoine's played such a good ball yeah. there. Ran across. And you could see Antoine got as much delight from the pass that he'd made to, you know, when he yeah. scored himself. So, yeah, three, three nines thought it was brilliant. Um, and then if, on the if back... If anyone's listening who's a, a graphics person, yeah. then uh, an image of the three strikers with 999 emergency, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With nice. a little three peeps logo. So uh, I'll leave yeah. that with you. Good show, yeah. <laughs> um, and then for Nige, I've gone nine. Because how do you not Lime go... Mayo, right? I, I know, I know. But how do you not go nine with a 5-0 win... Everything, you know, again, you know, it, it's it's picking. I, I don't like Benarus coming on and playing in that position. I don't. I would rather have seen, um, you know, a Cam Pring there, but he obviously wasn't available. Um, but that, that you know, Gregor talked about it. The moment from Benarus where it felt like he had seven or eight players around him, and I think it was three, but he just comes out of nowhere with the ball and then runs up the line and gets a throw in, I think. Um, was was quality so yeah it was a, it's a nine for nine as well excellent what's the average for for that lot then so, so keep keep talking Read okay Gregor, your your thoughts on the overall on that on that rating there of uh three nines for the strikers i don't think that can be far wrong with that no i you can't disagree with that can you i mean it's yeah they had a field day there so uh 
yeah, you think about when you guys have given them maybe four, five, sixes <laughs> across the season. Yeah. It, it, this is their time, you know. You got to you got to give it to them. And yeah, I mean, we're looking at a result that we haven't seen for two or three years, you know. And mm. and as yeah, as Math was saying, you think back a year ago, as as was alluded to, I think after the game, we were cheering just the the fact that Bristol City had a corner at times, you know. So yeah, it's it's a far cry from then. Plenty of plenty of chances, plenty of goals. Just got to find a way to shore it up at the other end. Yeah. Just on Nigel Pearson, there was a nice tweet from him yesterday. Thank you, Bristol City fans, for your support yesterday throughout the season at Ashton Gate and away from home. Now to finish the season strongly on Saturday, rest and recover and come back ready to be competitive next season. Cheers, Nigel. So, yeah, nice to get that engagement and uh, a nice message from Nigel Pearson. Um Matt is still tapping away on the Excel spreadsheet. He's nearly there. He's nearly there. Sorry. He's nearly there. Greg, are you up to Huddersfield next week? I'm not. I'm not for that one, I'm afraid. No, because I'm freelance these days, so I've got some other things on. Actually, I I dare say it, but I think I'm going to be at the other side of the city because I hate to say it. Oh, wow. That is the big football story in the city next next weekend. So, um, yeah, I think I'm down to do some reporting from the men. So uh, we'll see, see what happens there. It's getting obviously very interesting for the, for the other side. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. right. Go on in, Matt. Okay, yep. So we are, for the game, it was an average of eight. Okay. And for the season, average of 5.91. Ooh, 5.9. I mean, we did yeah. say in the last podcast that we need some high scores to get up to the six, which... I don't if unless we win five nil away at Huddersfield next next week, I don't think we're going to make it. But six is the expected performance. Um, Which you know, if if you talk about because we're guaranteed seventeenth now, can't can't get better, can't get worse. Seventeenth probably feels like below par for me. Yeah, I felt probably fifteenth. So maybe where we are now, five point nine is is about right. What just, you, just, just shows what, how good our ratings are. Isn't it? Exactly. What did you guys predict at the beginning of the season? Can you remember that far? Yeah, I, I, I said around 14th. Yeah, I think I said 15th. Um, so, yeah. And, and, I mean, Richard Gould came out on, on Jeff Twentyman's show, didn't he, before the game to say that he felt, I think, that we were nine points shy of where we expected to be or where we'd have liked to have been um, and certainly challenging top 10. And, and again, and, and you know, I... I Gregor gets the same kind of stick that that I've got for my fans' column at times. When you you call it how you see it, but I also agree with some of the stuff that the fans have said around the fact that you know with, with Pearson, there's a lot of stuff he's had to sort out that we probably yeah you know, we certainly don't, Gregor might know more of behind the scenes. Um, but in the scheme of it, it's not it's not going to be too too bad a season from that point of view. Seventeenth isn't anything to celebrate, and there's the bit around the the fans on the pitch at the end, but that's always going to happen. Um, but you'd like to think next season, yeah, we we absolutely have to be looking at it better than that. And if we can keep those front three firing, add some some welcome additions as well, then then why not, isn't it? Okay. All right. Well, we're one week away now from the final game of the season, and um, we've got a, a number of guests coming on next week. So uh, that'll be an interesting time for me to control such such a crowd but uh looking forward to it and i guess we're only sort of weeks away from roy de alien coming up with all sorts of uh outlandish <laughs> comments uh gregor <laughs> my nemesis yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh we'll un- we'll unmask him one day i'm sure of it excellent so, I mean- 
Certainly not my alter ego, that's for sure. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. No, 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 I'm not. But uh, thank you so much for coming on, Gregor, yeah, last, it, uh, last minute. And, uh, and Matt, hope you, uh, hope you are now able to settle back into uh, to UK time. Yeah, well, hopefully. I, I didn't sleep on the plane coming back, so I felt absolutely shattered. Um, oh, well, I'm off tomorrow, are. and then I've got three days in Sunderland, a five o'clock start on Wednesday. So, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Great. And then a trip to Huddersfield. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Right, so, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, okay. for listening. Uh, do do follow us on Twitter at 3PIAPC. And check out the video on YouTube on the Bristol City Former Players Association of the account of the day on Saturday with the former players. So check that out and we'll be back very soon. Take care. We know you've been through it. What you can do it. Give us the gold. There'll always be a Bristol and City is the team. To get into the first again will always be our dream. We're proud of Bristol City, they play in wind and rain. To hear the crowd or shout aloud, the city scores again. My eyes have seen the glory of the goals the city score And we want to see them score in just a half a dozen more When the ball goes in the net, me boys, you want to hear us roar Our team goes marching on Glory, glory, Bristol City Glory, glory, Bristol City Glory, glory, Bristol City Our team goes marching on Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, our team goes marching on, glory, glory, Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, our team goes marching on. All together, boys! Glory, glory, Bristol City, glory, glory, Bristol City, our team goes marching on.